podcast. And we're live. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome to episode 45 of the Doctrines of Rad. You just try to stump you right before we go live. <laughs> that's okay. That's not the worst that could happen. You know, stumping me before the podcast starts is the equivalent of you getting your podcasting stuff together. So <laughs> oh, uh, you guys will notice that uh, uh, my Logan didn't make it tonight. My guest is uh, Eiffel 65 from the nineties. You know, that saying the song, I'm blue, da bum dee, da bum die. Um, it's, I don't know so why he's, blue. yeah, he's, he's a little purple today. Um, but it's okay. We're, um, we don't hate it. It'll be, it'll be fine. I'll find um, out what's going on. I'll have to YouTube it, just like everything. Just YouTube it. You get your whole degree just on YouTube. YouTube. It. Yeah, I mean, I I basically figured out how to build my build my house. Um, you know, through YouTube, I built my own house with my own bare hands. So I didn't you know, do any I, of that. I would, I would think you're joking, but like you legitimately could. You could. You really could. You could definitely learn how to garden. I know that's for sure. Like any time that I have issues with the plants that I have. I've got like my cucumbers are starting to die a little bit in my garden. <laughs> and I think they're getting some, some mold and some like blight. I think it's called blight, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's causing a little bit of, a little bit of problems, but it is what it is, man. We had a, uh, well here, go ahead with the, you said you had a good verse for tonight. So let's hear what you got. Are you ready for this? I'm about to, I'm about to destroy these fools. Okay. Are you ready for right, this? There is a verse, and I know you guys know it's commonly misused. It is commonly used to by people, um, and it recently was used against me when trying to talk to a friend about our role and our responsibility as believers to perform according to Scripture, right? According to the mm. will of God, right? For if you love me, you'll keep my commandments, right? Mm. So Matthew 7, 1, right? I know you know it. Judge not that you be not judged, right? That's yes. the ESV. Um, for with the, but see, people stop there. Judge not, you let you be judged, right? Um, man, my eye is killing me. Um, and people just kind of stop there and be like, "Don't judge me," all right? Because you're not, you're not supposed. Christians aren't supposed to judge, right? Um, maybe, maybe like Paul, right? Like so, Paul says, "What do I, what do I have to do with non-believers, right? Why do I, why am I concerned with the the things of non-believers?" It's the it's the believers that I'm concerned about, right? Those are the ones that I'm I'm judging, and I'm going to keep you in line. But people forget to go into verse two, right? For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And then, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? It has nothing to do with not judging, right? It has everything to do with if you do judge, expect that same treatment from from like the the standard that you're using to judge someone. You better use it. Um, you better expect that judgment to be brought back to you, right? That same standard. Yeah, um, and it particularly is clarified in the fact that uh, before you are supposed to take the speck out of your brother's eye, mm -hmm. you should uh, four. recognize the plank that's in your own. So it it isn't. Uh, it's not saying don't help your brother get the speck out of if, if you're going to if you're going to be consistent with the don't judging part, then you'd have to be consistent in saying, well, we as believers are not supposed to take the speck out of our or help our brothers take the speck out of their eye as well. It's uh, it, it is true that we should 
help each other remove those specks. And we should also judge one another uh, rightfully and with the same, uh, with the same consistency that mm. we, uh, that the scripture gives because we will be judged by that. So basically it's saying don't judge with an unjust measure. Don't judge someone else when it's outside of scripture, when it's not the same judgment that you yourself will be judged by. Right. That's Absolutely. that's it. I mean, that's the easiest part. And, and so as believers, we're we're called to hold each other accountable. We're called to to lift each other up when we fall and and um you know, restore each other in the faith when we start to fade away or or go apostate. So if if you can't everybody makes judgments, you can't not judge. Like I judge whether I'm going to order Domino's or Pizza Hut pizza, you know, like that's a judgment. <laughs> Well, hopefully you picked, you know, Papa John. So neither. Yeah, I, I, so we have a Marco's pizza out here and Marco's pizza is straight, straight bussing, bussing, bussing. <laughs> I wouldn't say bussing, but Marco's is not, it's not bad, right? It compared to what we have, out, like, so Dom, Domino's out here is notoriously late. <laughs> Every time that we order it, it comes like an hour and a half later and it's usually undercooked or overcooked. So we've given up on the Domino's out in our area. Pizza Hut's not bad, but there's nothing special about Pizza Hut pizza. Maybe because I was raised on it, you know, with the yeah. Book It Club growing up with uh, that sort of thing. But oh, nothing man, special pizza, about Pizza Hut. Pizza Pizza Hut was the like piece in the 90s. Get your little arcade set up. You go in there, you get the family meal. Man, we used to go there every Friday. It was like a thing for us. Pizza Hut yeah. is straight fire, my friend. Um, <laughs> straight fire from uh, the the bowels of my own bowels when it comes to the heartburn that I get. But I will say, now, look, I got to be honest with you. Little Caesars gets a lot of flack, okay? Mm. little A lot of people hate on Little Caesars. I don't care what you say. First of all, like their pizza is like six bucks for mm. a standard large pizza. If you... if Everybody's on a budget. You can't say that you're not on a budget in 2023. So we're all on a budget. So Little Caesars, their thin crust pizza is probably the best cheap pizza that you can get. Yeah, if you, I mean, for Little Caesars pizza, if you desire, you know, marinara sauce on cardboard, you know, bro, maybe it's my <laughs> Little Caesars though. <laughs> hey, their their uh, breadsticks are fire though. Look at their their breadsticks are, are very good. Y'all live. What's up, Rissa? I haven't seen you in a while. She um, came hey. because I posted on TikTok. She oh, on TikTok. look at that! She had their farm in her TikTok and or TikToking about her farm. It's that's her farming life. about her TikTok, ticking, ticking, talking, and about her. I can't believe you guys are still on TikTok. It really kind of I'm 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 kind of bothered and also kind mm. of concerned as a brother in Christ that you guys are still on TikTok. I'll tell you one thing. Like, and I I think that's a genuine concern. But when I got like atheists and leftists on here going live for five hours a day, every single day, there's a guy on here named Parker. He goes live and debates people for five hours a day, every single day. Yeah. This kid makes a killing, tons of money. Um, but he's just sitting here trying to pull people away from Christ. So, and you're talking about thousands of people watching his lives. Well, so, nobody can take them out of God's hand, so it doesn't matter if that dude does it for five hours well, or 25 hours. Correct, right? But 
I want to at least be but here to give some. Kind of course, of, you gotta you gotta do it, man. You know, you gotta put gotta your be. hands to it because you don't trust that the Lord's word is good enough. You gotta do it yourself, right? No, I just gotta put my hands to the plow. Pray for the pray for the people that will garden this like this farm that we're trying to build. It is a farm. It's definitely it's it's animal farm, which is a fantastic book that you should all read if you haven't. <laughs> Because that's the world that we're living in right now is is the world of Animal Farm. Yeah. So I got some uh, some kind of good news, kind of fun news, I guess. Um, About your youth group. I uh, no, I mean no, that's not what I was referring to. Although I can I can talk about the youth group. We did youth tonight. Um, I uh, am officially taking over as the director for social media for Abolish Abortion Missouri, the the nonprofit. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. So I will be, um, I'll be handling all of their social all media. Of Missouri? Like the whole state? Well, our group covers all of Missouri. Yeah. Uh, and it I'm is like the, the, that is the uh, group for the whole it state. It is right? the, the official abolitionist movement group oh. in Missouri. Yes. No so kidding. for the whole state. So I'm going to run the social media program uh, on Twitter, on Facebook, and on TikTok. But, uh, I'm not getting back on TikTok. I will just be running social media pieces and fundraising and video clips and stuff like that. You know, kind of a, a, along the lines of like what Abol uh, Abolitionist Rising does, like with their clips. Um, I'll have. Wait, isn't Abolitionist Rising one in the same? Abolitionist Rising is not the in Oklahoma. Missouri. Right, but They're isn't in... Abolitionist Rising all of you? All of they are one group that are a group of abolitionists that are essentially headquartered out of Oklahoma, but abolish abortion Missouri, even though we're connected, it's a completely separate entity, separate board, separate board of directors, separate, uh, mm. you know, our, so for example, in December, when the legislature opens back up and we start to put our bills forward for um, the abolitionist bills, abolitionist rising will come out to support us, but they're not Missouri citizens. So they're the, basically just there as backup for abolish abortion Missouri. We are the Missouri residents that are pushing for the abolition of abortion here in this state. So. Does that makes sense. Own West, yeah, you'll have your own website that's completely separate from abolish, correct? Uh, abolish abortion. Yeah. Uh, or abolition. Well, like you can find you can find our website through Abolitionist Rising because they have a list of all the abolitionists in the state in every state. But guess what popped up on my number one on Google just by typing in abolish abortion, Missouri. Ab Did it really? Yes, that's freaky. Well, they're, you know, the NSA is always listening to us. Always listening. Always listening. What up, Stu? Oh, yeah, what man. I haven't even told you. So Stu, Stu's an abolitionist out in Kansas. Uh, he's the brother that, that I've been standing with at the abortion mills um, in Overland Park. I'm actually, Stu, I, I'd meant to text you, but just in case, since you're listening, I am, uh, I will probably be standing out there on Friday this week. So, um we will, uh, I was there last week on Thursday. It was really, really hot. We had a heat wave going through, uh, Missouri last week. My AC went out. It was all part of 
actually, it was an object lesson for my sermon on Sunday. I preached on Sunday. So uh, a big part of that was the fact that my AC unit went out and I haven't been a homeowner for very long. So learning to operate an AC unit and the manual uh, is very much like uh, knowing that God's word is the manual for us as uh, humans. And it tells us the best way to live. And when we don't, uh, when we don't function properly, um, or when we don't obey the word, we are typically uh, operating outside of the operating standards of God. And um, so, yeah, it was a fun week. Hundred and ten something degrees out. Yeah, it was. It was a blast. It was a yeah. Stu's gonna be there Friday. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to start, uh, I'd like to start taking some video and doing more uh, informational stuff for the uh, Abolish Abortion Missouri side of things um, so that I can start building my building my social media stuff as I create these um, these things for, for the organization. So, and eventually I think what uh, our, our, uh, I was going to call him our CO, but our, I guess he'd be our director. The director of Abolish Abortion Missouri has said that uh, if uh, if I, after a few months, if I'm willing and, and I want to, then they will make the social media director an official board position for the organization. So I'll actually come on board uh, as a board member for Abolish Abortion Missouri. Did you, did you, I was you. I out of your ear the whole time? <laughs> no, I heard you. Okay. So I just, this ear hole isn't the same as this ear hole. So, <laughs> oh, like size wise or like yeah, with think, what you can I, hear? I think size wise. So, oh yeah. My ear holes are two, two totally different sizes too. Very, a not symmetrical, asymmetrical. So. Yeah. I have to, uh, when I put in my AirPods, I have to, one of them is a smaller size than the other. So, so, yeah. all right. So I've gotten judgment from you today for TikTok. Um, let's talk about yeah. that verse. Let's talk about like, as Christians, what are we, what are, what are we supposed to do there? What do we walk a fine line? How do we deal with, um, judging fellow believers, right? Do we, do we beat around the bush? Do we hold them to the standard and tell them, you know, to their face directly? Like, Hey, this is, this is wrong. Don't do that. Because this whole deconstructionist movement, you see it all over TikTok where these people are like, oh, I deconstructed, I left, I was being judged, a bunch of hypocrites. Like, no, man, or the people are just holding you to a standard. Now, you walk into a, a sanctuary, it's a, it's, an, it's a hall where people are performing worship and there's sacraments and there's things that are um, occurring. And it's not, it's a gathering of people who are sinners, yes, but they're going to hold you to that standard. Well, isn't that part of the problem in the first place is some of these people, you know, the room that they have to call people hypocrites is because they don't hold God's standards high. They don't hold the sacraments to um, to a high esteem, and mm. it makes it that much easier to be hypocritical because, you know, when Jesus is your homeboy— what's the point of, of worshiping and, and, and obeying him? Cause he's your buddy, you know, he's your, your go-to when you, when you, when you're big, sad and you're, um, you know, all of those, <laughs> when you're big, sad, <laughs> when you're big, sad, man, or you're down bad, you know? Oh um, my gosh. When you, 
you know, at your age using like modern slang. I love it. I love it. I'm, you know, I'm the, I'm a youth pastor, dude. I gotta stay, I gotta stay relatively relevant in, in today's yeah. culture. Um, but you know, like, do you discipline them? Like, Hey, like you're, you're being extremely disruptive right now. Oh yeah, like, absolutely. Not appropriate. Like which, I which had to do that Bible, and I had at least this. three times tonight. Yes. Oh my gosh. They man, were I, so like, losing my we, patience. I was like, maybe I'm not cut out for youth ministry. So we have these little water bottles that the kids were drinking out of. And so when they're done, they fidget with the water bottles by crackling them and, and crunkling, crinkling them up. And it's literally the loudest thing in my brain. <laughs> like it feels so freaking loud, dude. Like I'm trying to read. So my, my lesson tonight was on, uh, seeking God's you know, God being our refuge. Yeah. And it was based on uh, Psalm 46, one through three, yeah. that God is our strength and our refuge and what it means to take refuge in, in the Lord and what people uh, typically where they typically go to for refuge, i.e. drugs, pornography, sex, right. hobbies, drink, you know, drinking uh, antidepressants, you know, we, and we talked about how, the world really convinces people that being sad and being depressed, um, you know, and having any type of inconvenience in your life is a bad thing and it needs to be removed. Right. And we talked a little bit about how God uses those things to draw us close to him. But ultimately that, that when we are sad, when we are going through hard times, we're not to go find refuge in all of these other things that the world provides. We're supposed to find refuge in him. So, Absolutely. uh, but in the midst of that, yes, I have to discipline the kids cause, uh, it actually started off cause tonight was our first session for, for the season for the back to the school year. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I had to start off with, Hey, you know, relationships, they end at the door. When you walk in to the church, you are now brother and sister in Christ. We're not going to be doing holding hands. We're not going to be doing, you know, laying on, you know, resting on each other's shoulders. We're yeah. not doing that. And really what's awesome is our church just installed security cameras in every room in the church. We just got a whole security suite. We have a, we have a security director who, who runs security for our church and uh, he installed all of this, all these cameras. So we have 24 hour surveillance on the front, on the inside, in every room with the exception of the bathrooms. And I told the kids, I said, look, your mom and dad could, they could hop in at any point and see over the cameras, what's, uh, what's so-and-so doing with so-and-so? Oh, they're holding hands. You know, it's like, if you've been told by your parents that PDA and relationships and stuff like that is not appropriate, don't you, think that you're going to come bring that to the church. You're not going to get away with it. Right. I go there just to see my boyfriend, girlfriend. And you, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's been kind of the mentality a little bit, but, um, what, what do you do as a youth pastor to get them to fall in love with scripture as kids and to fall in love with, uh, Christ more deeply, right? That it's not, yeah so much, you know, I come here on a Wednesday night, I hang out with people, we play some games and we talk about Jesus, right? It's, yeah. Like, how do we, I, I want to like, like, so they, they were shy to pray the other day. And I just kind of like, after we got done, I, I prayed us out. I was like, Hey, I want to, I want to mention something to you guys. Like it is a privilege 
for us as creatures of the dirt to actually be able to speak to to God himself, right? To a holy God. And you guys are beating around the bush not wanting to to talk to him because you're public, right? Like who cares? And I, I mean, I, and I, I get it. I was a kid. I, I was shy too, but I, I just want to put some perspective in mind that you get to speak to the creator of the universe yeah. directly. Don't, don't um, be shy about that. Yeah. We Those haven't really, we haven't world. really gotten to that point. Um, it's still, it's still a lot more uh, of a sit and listen kind of uh, lesson. We haven't really, there's been times where we've done open-ended stuff where we, we talk about every, you know, each other's weeks and we ask questions. Mm. Um, but we haven't really like a sermon. Like you just teach a lesson. Yeah. I feel like that, that is the best way to keep their attention is by teaching us a mini sermon. It's like, I try to keep it, you know, 30 minutes or less. Um, we, we meet for an hour, so it's 30 minutes of, of catching up 30 minutes of time. You know, we do some games. We'll do like, uh, we were playing a game called 25 today where you stand in a circle and you have to count to 25, but you can't count in order. And if you say, if you say Say the next number twice or at the same time as someone else, you have to start over. So it, we couldn't get past 15. (laughs) <laughs> Every time we just kept doing it, but it was a lot do, of fun. Do y'all do uh do y'all do a like praise and worship or praise and then go straight into praise and worship and then go straight into uh, the lesson? Yeah, we don't do uh, praise, praise and worship. worship. Okay. So do y'all start with the game and then do it or do y'all do the lesson? Yeah, we'll usually then... start, start with a game uh, just with as a icebreaker ice warm up and then uh, then praying and go into the lesson. Yeah, I think that's um, pretty standard. Yeah, there's there's been times where it's just like it's um it's a game night where we'll just do like let's just fellowship and hang out and have some food and and do do a craft together or something. Um, we did that last year with um like gingerbread houses. We did that's gingerbread what, houses. So that's what we did tonight. So we had uh, um the last the last Wednesday of every month is like the, the game night type of day where we just kind of get together and hang out. So I had us play Bible trivia. So I separated them into two teams, um, and uh, it didn't it did not go well. <laughs> no, like they just, just didn't just, know it or what? No, well that that and the, just the chaos of sidebar and conversations going How on. How many kids and, do you have in your youth group? Oh, let's see. There was five and five, so ten. Oh, that's that's about what we have. About on average, about ten. Nine or ten. When did you st- so? Okay, forgive me, Logan. Um, I feel like I didn't know that you were doing youth group, like youth ministry. Did you? Did you tell me about this? Like, I know we don't talk very often. We but- need to start talking more. I I call you all the time. You you send me straight to voicemail. <laughs> that is not true. It's <laughs> not true. Uh, in fact, all. the last time that we we spoke, you said you had a call from one of your salesmen and had to go, and you never called me back. So I, I didn't did bother. do that. I yeah. did. That is true. That's wow. typically how it goes. Way to put me on blast. Okay. Appreciate it. Just tell them the truth, dude. <laughs> um, I am just there to uh, just oversee things. I'm not the youth pastor. We have a youth pastor. Um, okay. He, he's So I just kind of, I just assist him. Um, That's cool. And uh, I'm just shadowing different departments in the church and learning everything I can. And, um, you know, 
if the Lord puts it on their heart for me to like take over a position or uh, yeah. lead a position for a time, then you know I'm I'm there. That's ready significant, to serve. dude. That's what mm. people churches need that sort of thing. And um, if a pastor has someone come to their church that's willing to like be involved, even if they're not asked, but let me let me just show up and help if you need it. Like I wish more churches would do that. And yeah. that's that's a good way to get your foot in the door to get people to know you so that you get to the point where um, you will be able to step in and fill in and, and where there's a need. Uh, first of all, it. I didn't know Rissa was pregnant, so that is new information. Yeah, well, you haven't been on TikTok, so. What up, Kevin? What's up, brother? Kevin hey, is uh, also our uh, – he's part of our uh, abortion. Uh, what's up, Kevin? abortion. Uh, for those of you on TikTok right now, if you go to uh, the Doctrines of Rad on YouTube, uh, you'll see our latest episode, uh, episode 45. So um, come check us out. You can hear the other part of this conversation versus just me talking. So Yeah, well, I'm not – I got called an egg. Uh, <laughs> in a comment? <laughs> in a comment, uh, I uploaded like – with glasses and fur. <laughs> I, yeah, I got, uh, I uploaded a, um, a video for, it was just a clip, like a short for my sermon from Sunday. Yeah. And, uh, the comment was excellent. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I say that things like that don't bother me, <laughs> but I think they, <laughs> I think they really do. I can just see you going to Rachel like, baby, tell, be honest. If I turn my head like like this, dude, is, look at my head. Does it look like it's an egg? literally? It is an egg. I get it. I'm just I'm bothered. Not that that that's the way it is, because that's just the truth of the matter. I'm bothered that somebody would go out of their way to say that. <laughs> hey, you live in a fallen world, my boy. <laughs> I know, dude. It just you know, it's like I'm bothered that someone else thinks that that would bother me. And I guess then they win anyway. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Hey, have you ever tried to just grow the sides out? Just let them grow. Let it connect to the beard. Do you want more beard. to make fun of me about? <laughs> let the, uh, you go to the barber and just be like, leave the sides. Leave the sides. This is the, cl this is the youngest that I can look. If I shave this beard, I look terrifying Mm. And then if I grow the side hair out, I look ridiculously old. So I'm not doing that. Like it, this is just the way it is, man. You look my good lot for your in age, life. Man. Thanks, you look buddy. Good for your age, I'm 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 literally only ten years older than you. Yeah, egg and all, egg and all. <laughs> Sunny side up, baby. <laughs> Sunny side up. I love. It. I used to be. I honestly, man, I used to be really insecure. Like talk about judging. Um, I, I was very, I, I grew up thinking that looks were far more important than they are. And, and the way that my dad, uh, would treat, like I grew up overweight and, and I was very mistreated by my mm -hmm. father. Uh, and he because always made, or, yeah, or he, he would always make jabs, make comments. Yeah. He would always make jabs and comments about, you know, my weight and, uh, I don't know if it was to motivate me to like want to get in shape and, and thinner. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure, but I, I do have a specific memory where we were with all the cousins and we were staying at a cabin 
and uh, you know that all the other cousins were having popsicles and I wanted a popsicle and my dad made me do sit-ups um, in front of all of the cousins before I could have a popsicle. And did uh, you do the sit-ups? Uh, absolutely. I wanted a popsicle. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, but, um, that's, but it, that's that crappy. sort of stuff, man, that, uh, it really that stuck with you. It, you, it you did. Remembered that. And it taught me that <clears throat> my looks were my validation. And so like how it, you know, didn't matter. I needed mm. to be thin. I needed to be muscular. I needed to, you know, all of these things. And, uh, and, and being in the Navy didn't really help that situation either because you're right. just constantly confronted with being out of standards, you know, yeah. uh, my, you, my height. Yeah, go I, ahead. I still deal with that. It's been, it's been two years and I still deal with like, do you? Uh, I'm not, yeah, I still like that. I'm not meeting the standards of, of the yeah. army and I'm not even in the army, you know, like, Oh, Isn't I, went that ran, crazy? I went and ran the other day and I had a 10, 10, 20 split. And I was running hills, but like it was a 10, 20 split mile. And you I was were like, running God. in heels. Is that what you just said? Running hills. Like I'm pretty like sure you terrain. just said you were running in heels. I hate you so much. <laughs> I'm sure everyone in, I'm sure everyone else heard that too. I'm positive Rissa, in the comments. You knew what I meant. But so like I, mean, I, I saw that and I was like, man, I'm not, they'll never say that again. <laughs> Logan Mulroney. <laughs> but you know, I, I'm like sitting there thinking like, man, I used to run like, you know, five fifty splits, like six minute flat miles, and now yeah. here I am. But I'm only thirty two. Like I'm still, I should still be the athletic person that I once was. But I guess life. I don't know. That's an excuse. I guess life. I mean, healthy doesn't have to, like to meet meet a certain standard, man. You know, what I mean, like yeah. I think for me. Uh, the crazy thing is, I'm five eight and a half, so I got I got you know, five, nine weight, which was helpful. Um, and my, my max weight was 186, and I could never, I mean, there were times there were, I had a f- few tapings that I was able to get down under my weight where I didn't have to get taped actually, but the, yeah. the majority of the time I'd have to get taped. And, um, but man, I mean, 186 was tough for me. I was usually sitting around one, anywhere between 190 to 195 most of my career uh at my heaviest i was 230 pounds um which was insane that was when rachel yeah, was big. pregnant with with my oldest i was that that was the heaviest that i had ever been uh, you were in korea at that time right i was in japan japan yeah right. yeah yep um yeah, so I was up to <laughs> trying to put a sumo team. You're like, man, bro, <laughs> it didn't even it didn't even hit me. Like I was unaware. No one was saying anything to me. And mm-hmm. um, one day there was a guy that I hadn't seen in like six months. And when he saw me, he was like, Kaler. He's like, bro, like <laughs> your face. <laughs> and I was like, what about my face? Like he's like, you got big, dude. And I was like, no. And it it brought back all those flashes of like my dad being like, you know, flashing in my head being like, do sit-ups, do push-ups. Do you want a popsicle? And uh, it made me flash back to all like Vietnam. I heard like gunshots in the background. I'm cowering in the corner. And so. No more stickers. No popsicles. No. I'm a popsicle now. Oh, that's so good. So. 
Um, I ended up that today. No, I, I, I genuinely don't like I, you you exercise, right? Like you, I do go out and spend some time. Not as I haven't been keeping up with it as much as I, I should have, but as of lately, not competitively, but you, you know, for maintenance or health. Yeah. Like my first couple years of retirement, I just didn't do anything. I said, I'm done. You know, I'm tired of all the, the, the constant having to, to stay, maintain certain standards. But, um, in fact, today I did 30 minutes on the elliptical and yesterday as well. Um, I actually just, uh, I've officially given up all forms of nicotine as of today, actually as of yesterday. So, um, this today is, that's why I'm chewing gum. (laughs) And I wasn't like, I was doing, I was doing like pouches or, you know, vaping every now and then it it wasn't, it, it had only been going on for about six months, but it was, I just knew that it was a matter of time, you know, that the Lord was going to take it away from me again. And, uh, I just want to press towards holiness and sanctification and be a good example to my kids. And so, uh, Day one is in the bag, basically, and I haven't had any nicotine, and that's I'm really okay. I, I think the danger for me is to I don't want to snack all the time. Mm. That's where it's going to hit me is I'm, yeah. I'll be wanting to snack and and replace that. So yeah, I got that, oral, that oral habit, right? It's very addicting. Yeah, bro. Rachel went. I was like, babe, will you do me a favor on your way home? Will you stop and get me some gum? So she got me a whole bunch of gum. I've got sunflower seeds, like just something I always have in my mouth where it's not a bunch of calories. Um, I'm not just snacking on stuff for, for the purpose of snacking, but I just wanted to say that ultimately, like the older that I get, the less I, I genuinely care about how I look like the egg comment. It's like, so what dude? Like, first of all, I'm not trying to hook up and impress chicks and there's nobody out there that I'm trying to be like, oh man, I really hope that they think I'm attractive. It's like, I don't care. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm over it. And I used to really struggle with that. Even being married, I used to think that I needed to stay, you know, I needed other people to be attracted to me and it, which is mm. dumb thinking about it. I just need my wife to be, if she's okay, I'm okay. Yeah. No, I get that. I love that actually. I remember hearing John Piper preach one time where he like in the middle of the sermon was he, he kind of just uh, made a point that Christians really should not focus on the like their their aesthetics right or their their beauty like it, it it's seriously it's a waste of your time it is right? such a waste of time um you are who you are you you look the way you look embrace it jo- be joyful in the Lord for it and yeah now your physical fitness that's a, that's a completely different story right like that you should take care of the the temple right you should Absolutely. take care of the body that god has given you but um to obsess about like lip injections botox all that i just it's, it's like not... go to the gym that's good don't spend 7 hours in the gym every day because it becomes vanity at that point yeah what a waste you know? of life it, well, it's definitely a wasted life for sure. Cause who are you, who are you doing that for? You know, at the end of the day, when you're trying to, to get muscles, the size of, you know, those, those 18 inch pythons, like, uh, like, uh, Hulk Hogan used to say, come on, brother, let these 18 inch pythons run wild on you. you know, it's <laughs> like, um, 
it's like yeah that's that's vanity man like be in shape yeah. Be able to be able to run and like pick things up. That's a good thing. Defend you know? yourself or your family. Be able to defend yourself, sure. But yeah. you don't need to compete in in body competitions. You don't need to you don't need to draw attention when you go to the beach. Like that is that's too far. I think that's at the point where it's too much. Yeah. You know? Um I think I think it's good to be you know I know fitness is big for you you know you that's your goal you you want to have a gym and and really get other people healthy too so that's a fine line how do you walk that how do um, you keep people I, from <laughs> yeah I, when they come to my class I'm like hey yes I am the instructor sorry I'm fat don't worry <laughs> you're doing the workout not me um, this workout will get you skinny just I don't. I'm I just here to it. yell at you and eat hot dogs while here I here to yell at you. <laughs> nah, I I definitely haven't been the best example uh, due to everything going on in my life. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it's important to set an example. Uh, it, it shows a a level of you know discipline, uh, a manner of consistency, right? That you are somebody that can set a goal and go out and do it. Especially if you design a workout program, you're like, I'm going to go do this workout program. But there is a line where it becomes obsession and oh, yeah. uh, then uh, becomes idolatry, right? So um, there's always that fine line. Um, if it's a if it's a job, though, like if it's your job, then yeah, like that that's how you're making a source of income. Um, use that as a way to through vocational evangelism of some sort. But if it's not your job and you work at T-Mobile and you're spending seven hours in the gym, at some point you went beyond mental health and physical health and you were just stuck. <laughs> you work at T-Mobile and send, spend seven hours in the gym. I feel like those there's, there's bros out there that do that. That's like a thing. Yeah. Welcome to T-Mobile. My name's Chad. <laughs> my name's, my name's Jesse. What's up, Jenna? Haven't seen you in a while. Welcome back. Yeah. Rissa so came through the TikTok a minute ago. Is she not on YouTube anymore? She's not. So tell me about tell me about TikTok. What's going on in TikTok world? Um, to be honest, I don't I don't know. Um, you don't know? I don't I don't get on it like that. I get on post something that I see. Like Blake posted something the other day about abortion uh, from uh Jeff Durbin. And so I do yeah. edit it or I stitched it and had some comments of my own. Um, I mean, it didn't do very well, right? Cause I'm no. preaching against the world. So yeah, didn't go very far, <laughs> but 500 people did watch it. So out of those 500, hopefully they're like-minded people yeah. who want to stop the uh, endless murder of innocent children. So, yeah. Did you see the drama between, um, the conservative representative Max Miller in Ohio and uh, this young lady who worked for Ohio Right for Life named yeah. Elizabeth Marbach. Did you I see watched, that? I watched Apologia's whole thing on it, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I watched nice. that happen in real time on Twitter. Really? Like, literally as it was happening, as, as twi uh, Lizzie had posted that, and then uh, Max Miller told her to delete it, and then the internet went wild um, on Miller and really in support of Elizabeth. 
And then it turned out that, um, you know, there was a lot of speculation because Max Miller, Congressman Miller's wife was on the board of uh, Ohio mm-hmm. Right to Life. And Lizzie was fired <laughs> yep. like uh, a few days after. And apparently, and according to Liz, so I'm not, you know, obviously I'm not going to call her a liar, but according to her, she was already in negotiations to leave that position. And it was based upon a lot of that uh, rhetoric that was coming from the organization anyway. She was feeling more drawn to the abolition side, realizing that the pro-life movement was not uh, really a friend of of ending abortion. And so I think she's in the right place now, but it was very interesting. Yeah. She's getting, she's uh, stepping out, preaching, standing up for things uh, uh, that was going against their brand supposedly. Right. Um, So yeah, I, she going against their brand, i.e. abolishing abortion. (laughs) That was going against Ohio right to life's. Yeah. Hey, so I'm going to, I'm going to close up TikTok phones about to die. Um, but you guys can go watch us on YouTube at the Doctrines of Rad, where we talk about uh, some more of this, uh, you know, abortion yeah, get stuff over that's here. going on. Get over yeah. here! Come, Come on us. over! Um, yeah, man. So I, I watched it. I, I actually haven't finished uh, all of it yet. Uh, I have to do things in like quick, you know, as I'm driving. You know, I'm listening. Yeah. Um, it, it's crazy to think. I I kind of used to be on the fence too, right? Like, so I, I did take the position at a point. That like I don't, I feel or felt, I felt as if women have been lied to and they've been given an opportunity to fix a quote unquote problem, right? That's not actually a problem, um, and society is responsible for that, right? They've been duped, they've been lied to, right, right. And so I took that position that you know what Second I'm not victim gonna, position. I don't, yeah, I don't blame them for them being told that it's actually not a baby. You've been convinced it's not a baby, right? And so Roe v. Wade, we didn't have the science or the technology to actually prove that wrong. We do now. Yeah. We're yeah. proving that wrong every day. Um, it is a baby at conception. Um, but then, I, you know, I look I look at scripture and then, you know, after we did the podcast with uh, Abolitionist Rising, I was like, okay, I have taken a position of neutrality here, Right. Oh, interesting. Um, and, and before that, I was already shifting away from that. But I, they are without excuse. Yeah. Right? You are if, – if it's not a baby, then why do you need to kill it? What is in there that you have to get rid of? Because it's yeah. going to turn into one one day. Like you are without excuse. And yeah, there mal- – and then uh, um, – he just kept repeating it, malice and forethought, malice and forethought, malice and forethought every time. And I was just like, oh, that's that's hitting home. And it, it it didn't so much change my mind as it secured my my yeah courage position. to be in courage to be in that position. Yeah. Cause it prior to I was like, you know, I still have this heart for you know, redemption, right? Um for for the mother, right? Which I wasn't taking that position for the actual abortionists, right? There is no point of redemption for them. They're just there's demons, right? right. Um, I don't know why that was. I was I was compartmentalizing that, right? Um, now I'm obviously not calling the, the the mother a demon or any or even the um, um, abortionist, right? But I, I, there is no neutrality there. These are people, and we've been as a society allowing them to kill people, and it's time that we stop. 
We, yeah. we need to penalize it so that people take us seriously. This is a crime. You're done. You're done killing the innocent. You're done killing babies. And as long as we allow this special class of abortionists, as Jeff Durbin likes to put it, right, is as long as we allow this special class of people to uh, commit murder, mm. abortion is going to remain alive and well. Right. Yeah, it's 100 percent accurate because we we even, you know, we, we can all agree, even the pro-lifers, that the abortionist should be punished. Mm-hmm. The problem is that the woman in many of these cases is the abortionist. Yeah. And we're we're not willing, you know, women like Kristen Hawkins, they're not standing up for their they're still so ingrained in feminism that they're not willing to have those conversations. They want to hold to the autonomy of a woman uh, and her body and her choice still. And uh, then they want to because if they're not claiming that they're not overtly claiming that, then they're just they're giving into that second victim narrative, which is. They're just deceived. They're not deceived. They're not in any way, shape, or form. They, If you get into a car and you put your keys in the ignition and you press the gas and you turn your wheel and you Google map how to get to the abortion clinic, you are taking every step with forethought to do the thing that you are going to do. There is no neutrality. You are absolutely planning the murder of that child. You're not the victim. But but Drew, I've I've been convinced by my society it wasn't my fault. They kept telling me it wasn't a baby, so I I didn't know that what it was actually in my womb was a baby. It didn't have consciousness. There was arguments against it. I didn't I didn't know. Am I am I really a murderer? Yep. Am I really responsible for that? Ignorance is not there's no there's no law in the world that that uh, if you violate it out of ignorance, that you're going to get a pass. Right. And now there's levels I, I, of manslaughter. There's levels, <laughs> you know, of when it comes to murder. Sure. I think that's what the investigation would do. I think that there are, I think that there are legitimately victims. I think there are prostituted women, sex traffic women who are raped and uh, they're forced to, give abort have abortions yeah those um, are definitely like where boyfriends force the abortion right 100 percent. like actually 100%. force the abortion and an investigation um, through the law uh would bring that about so that the proper person would be charged so in those there are cases for that to be made but that is not it's not the majority case uh but but it's still there and we still have to have grace for those situations but um Every case is different and should be processed just like every murder should be processed and investigated. Every murder is, you know, we have entire TV shows and networks that are based upon murder investigations. Like every murder is investigated. So we determine it from that point. Yeah. But there's no point in murdering or investigating it now because it's legal and not only is it legal, but it's you can you can get access to it with zero regulation through the mail. Yep. yep. So I can have sympathy, or I can have you know sympathy, empathy um, for for the the circumstance and everything, but it doesn't change the fact of what is what is happening, right? So I I think there's a place where we can convict the crime and also bring restoration. Um, 
I don't know what that looks like, right? I don't know how that will be implemented. Maybe a lot more prison ministries will occur, you know. Um, it probably is going to bring a lot of hate, <clears throat> hate to the church, right? I'm in here because Christians believe it's a human, even though I don't believe it's a human. And now I'm now I'm in jail. Um, yeah, I don't know what that, what that restoration piece would look like. So bad, so sad. I'm sorry that you would blame Christians and not take the blame for yourself and responsibility, you know. Um, But again, I think Russell makes a great point that when it is criminalized, that is a major, major deterrent over women considering it to be an option. So So we need to do that with more things than just abortion, right? You know, pornography, rape, rape, death, pornography, you, you find a way to access it, you know, uh, penalized, fined per per jail time, whatever, get rid of it. So like Russia doesn't allow pornography in their country. You can't even access a pornography site without going to some kind of dark web. China doesn't allow pornography. And for those people who do find a way to get to pornography, it's found out that you're looking at pornography. You're shunned or outcast from the society and your credit score drops. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? So we we're so we're so built on this whole like free nation idea that we are allowing people to corrupt generations. Right. We we didn't used to be this way. America used to stand for something. Right. We used to have values. Now we got people here just screaming that the constitution needs to be rewritten because it was written by a bunch of slave owners. Yeah. Like that we we fought for stuff we didn't you know we weren't scared so easily into thinking like oh i'm gonna be canceled like who cares just if it was rewritten it'd be written by people that are still far worse than slave owners we're all (laughs) wicked adulterous murderers thieves you know being a slave owner is just one sin among many why i mean you ask yourself why do you want it rewritten because you want it to fuel your agenda or or make things that you want to be okay. Because in some way it's standing in opposition to you, I don't know, your socialism. Right. Yeah, I you know, and that that may be the case, man. The Lord may very well uh cause our nation to fall and um rewrite all that we stand for in our laws, which I think is already happening anyway, so uh, America in a hundred years, if it continues in the way that it's been going, is is going to be completely socialistic or communistic, um, totalitarian. Because it's not far off now. Um, no, no, absolutely not. I reject that. What will happen is the church will stop playing a passive role, and it takes men like you and me, and you know, Apologia Studios and all the other conservative that are that are not going to play a neutral role no we, we're not well, we'll going do to what do we can <laughs> you know we'll stop it. like i i have i have faith that america will prevail through the the push that the left is the pendulum will start to swing in the other direction and it already has but we need to as a church we can't stay silent like we did in the 80s and the 90s yeah and i think those just, days are just, gone we're passive at least not, for a while, which, which is why I brought up that quote or that verse this or at the beginning of the show. Yeah, judge not let you let yet ye be judged. Like, okay, um, what does that actually mean? 
Does it mean Christians need to stop judging people because we're scared of being called hypocrites? No. Judge them. Tell them that they're doing wrong. Do it in love. Like, I, I love you, but I need to let you know you're sinning and you're robbing yourself of joy and you're robbing yourself of, a, of an eternity with Christ and you're robbing yourself of a lifetime here in this world with Christ. I'm, I'm just, I'm done pretending to like honor people's feelings in the process of, of, you know, that's where I'm at friendships. I'm just, yeah, like, that's look, where I'm at. Oh, or, oh, really? You feel that way that that's, that's cool, I guess for you, but that that's sin. That's wrong. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not yeah. going to, I'm not going to beat around the bush about it. That's wrong. No, Logan's same so here. Judgmental. I'm like, I, okay, I'm judgmental. No, I'm just holding you to the same. Oh, I, I, correction. I'm going to do that for Christians. I, I don't, I don't care what non-believers do. If they ask me my opinion, I'm like, yeah, that's, that, that's wrong. You should. Yeah. I'm not going to placate to non-believers, but I, I'm not going to go out of my way to try to correct them. Uh, in the same sense, you know, I think there is a, there is a purpose to hold the body accountable and to yeah. fellow believers. And so, so yes, I'm going to be far less concerned about hurting fellow believers feelings because I'm going to tell them like, That's look, right. man, what you're doing That's is right. wicked. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to placate. If you want to call yourself a Christian, you are, I represent that too. So we're going to, you you need to. I had a, I had a guy at church, man. Oh boy. We got a, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of boomers, dude, in my church. You know that I've told you that yeah. before. There's a, a couple of them that are, you know, very old mentality, very boomer. I, that's the best way I can say it. They're very <laughs> boomer. Um, we're doing a fall fun fest for our city in two weeks. Um, mm. in the second week of September, and one of the things that we're doing for the community <clears throat> is I, I wanted to do a booth for to represent the church to to just be civil with the the folks in the community, love on them, let them know who we are. We are Summit Springs Church. We are here. This is what we stand for. This is who we are. Um, how can we pray for you? How can we get to know you? We we want to be involved in our community. That's that's the goal is to do that. And so we have like a bunch of little trinkets that we're giving out to the kids, like, you know, like the little youth um, or children's ministry treasure chests that they'll give. Like if you behaved yourself, you get a little sticky hand or, you know, like you get a little, uh, you know, like a little ring, like a fake yeah. diamond ring or whatever, just a little thing. Right. It's just a way to interact with this, with the community. Well, one of the things that, cause we were looking at, so we're going to do, do, we're going to, excuse me, we're going to do face painting on Friday. We have a lady at our church that does face painting. It's all going to be free just to give to the community. Um, so we're going to do face painting. And then on a couple of the other days that the face painter isn't available, we're going to do little little temporary tattoos, little body stickers, you know, and they're all Christian themed. So, uh, you know, doves and cross and, you know, I'm going to no 2CV two, two stuff, but uh, we're going <laughs> to just, you know, all these, you know, Bible verses and Jesus loves you, that sort of stuff. And, um, or Jesus loves me basically, you know, Jesus loves me. So, um, anyway, we're just using it as an outreach, as a ministry, whatever. Well, one of the boomers in the church had a problem with it and said, uh, he pulled me aside at our, our life group on Sunday and was like, you the may want to, you may want to rethink the tattoo thing. Oh, I call. And, uh, and I was like, and I'm just so in my own mind, like I forget people like this exist anymore. So like, 
I was like, I was like, well, you know that it, they're not real tattoos, right? Like we're not having like a needle and a gun out there. Yeah, yeah. You're encouraging and, uh, them to get tattoos. That's exactly, exactly, exactly it. And um, mm. I said, man, I said, uh, and I, I know how this conversation is going to go. Is that what you said? Not exactly that. <laughs> I, I said, I, I understand your position and I, 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 I really, I've, I've heard that before. I'm pretty sure I know what, what your thought is on that. And I just said, listen, I, I don't, I don't see it the same way as you do. I, I don't see scripture condemning tattoo, uh, tattooing in that way. And, uh, he's like, well, you, you can't just, he didn't even have the Bible verse correctly. When I told him, I was like, what you mean? 1928. And he's like, no, it's like 36. I was like, okay, no, it's 1928. But, um, he said, uh, he said, well, you can't just throw that out because then you have to throw out all of the Old Testament. I was like, well, that, that wouldn't be my argument. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that it's not applicable. That's, that's not, uh, that, that wouldn't be a consistent argument. I believe all of the Old Testament is applicable. Uh, I said, but uh, I, I don't believe that that verse in Leviticus is talking about tattoos. I don't believe that it's, it's condemning the tattoo itself. It's condemning the act of what it represents and the superstition behind cutting yourself for the dead. And yeah, what, what is it? Corinthians eight. So that, now you're in this like situation that Paul found himself in. Yeah. Right. Where people are sacrificing meat to an idol and Paul's saying, you know, don't drink, don't eat if it's going to cause your brother to stumble. So now you got to think, do I want to do the outreach in this way? If it's going to cause him to stumble, um, do I want to ignore that? Do I want to, yeah. Man, isn't that great? <laughs> isn't yeah. that isn't that fun? <laughs> well, um, and you know, and I I would, I, said, I would go up to him and say, you know, I thought about I thought deeply about what you said last week, and I'm going to continue. And you're still wrong. <laughs> I'm going to continue with the plan we have set. I would like your blessing to do so. Um, well, I did tell I him like specifically. I would like that- to dialogue about it more, but we yeah. already have this plan in place. And if through prayer and discussion, if I feel conviction that I'm in the wrong, I, you know, I will, I will admit it and I will not advocate for this ever again. But as of right now, we already have this plan and we're going to stick to it. Yeah. Um, and if he doesn't give you his blessing, that's like, well, he's not, he's not in any position of authority in the church. And in fact, uh, I brought it directly to my pastor immediately as I do all things, because I don't, I've learned Mm -hmm. enough in the Navy that I'm never going to be the lowest man with the secret. I'm always going to push that information up and let someone else (laughs) know about it. And so it's a good, it's such a good way to put that. Never be the lowest man with the secret. Nope. And, uh, he, uh, my pastor, well, not only was it my pastor and his wife's idea to do the tattoos, uh, but, I said, you know, we talked about it. I said, how is, how is a temporary tattoo any different than uh, face paint? Face painting, it's marking the body. You know, yeah. it's it's context. no different. I guess context. Sure, context. Yeah, but I mean, if you really want a nuanced context, uh, putting putting a paper towel on top of a sticker on your arm is far different than inserting a needle and and placing pigment underneath your skin. You know. Yeah. Um, 
And so, well, one of the funnier parts about this conversation I had with um, my boomer friend was the, um, I, I, I said to him, I said, uh, I kind of started looking down at my arms, you know, and I was like, I was like, well, what the heck do you think you talking? I was like, what do you think about me? You know, I, and he's like, well, you, you got those before you were saved. Right. I was like, no brother. Like (laughs) I got this one last Tuesday. (laughs) It literally says Tuesday. I did. (laughs) I did this one on my own hand. And I mean, I legit did like this one is. What if like one of them says sola scriptura? Like, like I obviously was a believer when I was doing it. I, right? I didn't even go that far. I've got all the solas on my arm, dude. I have Soli Deo Gloria, Soli Fide. Uh, I got, I got you know them what? all. So. You know what? You'll stand before God, and you're going to account for every one of those marks. And if, yes, uh, if I mean that's a conversation for you and God to have. Like I. Forgive me, Father. I, um, I got to deal with this. I, you know, I, I was, you know, if he, if he looks upon it and goes, I mean, you're going to be in a glorified body anyways. I doubt those markings will be there. I doubt that they're going to stick around either. Yeah. Which I guess would be a great way to end that argument. Like, if it's not going to be there in eternity, why do it at all? Eh. Well, yeah. you know, I get surgeries. And those scars won't be there in eternity either, but it takes cutting the flesh open to get to the Mm. cancer. So, um, yeah, man, I don't know. It's, it's not a big deal. And again, uh, this, this individual, uh, this is not the, um, this is not the first time that, uh, he's, uh, attempted to try to guide me or pastor me or correct me when he has never been given that authority. Um, and uh, I mean, your t- your brothers in the same church, right? You're a congregation. You're a family. You fellowship right. together. So I mean, there you get some kind of of uh, leeway is, is in yeah. a relationship as a congregation, right? But it's true. I, I agree. You're, saying, you're not your you're not my pastor kind of thing. Um, but who else is he going to talk to, Drew? Like you're the guy. You know, so when, well, a, this person, uh, claims that he was a pastor at uh, some point that, uh, when he was a chaplain for a, um, a Christian, uh, cowboy church, um, he's never been in a, a position of leadership, but he wears a shirt that says pastor so-and-so on it, um, at the church. He, well, he had, he did, he doesn't anymore. He has been told not to. Um, but, um, you know, it's just when you, this is just, and I'm saying this so that people just kind of are aware of how they talk to other people. Mm. But when, when you make it your goal to every time that I do something to come along after the fact and try to correct it or try to make it better, maybe add to it. For example, we we're, we have a prayer team at our church, and every Sunday we have a rotation where a certain group, uh, a couple will pray at the end of service, and people can come up and get prayer. So we'll pray for people for sicknesses, for children, grandchildren, all this stuff. You know, um, We were praying for one of the women in our church, and... Uh, after that, 
this gentleman came up to me to tell me how I should have prayed better over that prayer. And yeah, so, I mean, again, yes, you're absolutely right. Brothers in Christ, we should be accountable to each other. Um, there are there are points in time, though, where you have to put your own criticalness aside. And I think there are areas of jealousy in some people's lives. And so mm-hmm. when they see someone that's significantly <laughs> younger than some of the other folks, um, that is given that has been given a you know, an opportunity to preach and teach the congregation. And he is younger than you. Now I'm not in my twenties and it's not like a, I'm not a 20 year old pastor. Uh, I'm in my forties, but because of the age difference in our church, it, for some people, they look at me like I'm in my twenties, even though I'm in my forties. You're the youth group. Yeah. Right. I'm the youth group and I'm actually, you're actually old for a youth pastor. I know. Yeah. I know it's the tattoos though that make me look younger. No, I, I just, I'll, I'll do ministry. It doesn't matter who I, if I'm asked to minister, I'll minister to anybody. It doesn't matter if they're older or younger than me. I, uh, the kids are doing something and they finally got quiet and I just kind of looked up and I'm like, Lord, give me patience. I am not cut out for these kids. (laughs) And they, like I said, it loud enough for them to hear me. It's like, I'm not meant for this. I mean, they, they're definitely teaching me things about myself. Um, and it's going to come back to benefit you because your your kids are still young. Mm-hmm. So the things that you're going to learn and God is going to craft through you, if that's what you continue to do, will help you parent your kids as they get older. Yeah. It'll be beneficial for them too. Yeah. So, all right, brother. I you want a short temper. Oh, I do too. You want to close out in, uh, is it my turn to? It is. It is your turn. And we're meeting next week, next Wednesday. We we are a special guest. Um, So please tune in next Wednesday. Normally, I know we're on a two week rotation, but we both got busy lives. Um, But we would we're we're excited to come back next week with our special guest. And uh, yeah, we have in um, the future. We're meeting every week. That'd be nice. Yeah, I think we can probably get to that point again. Uh, Andrew Isker is the—he's a pastor and he's the author of the book *The Boniface Option*, which is really about the cultural depravity in the world that we are living in, in and or the West? Uh, in the West in general. Yes, yeah. um, and it's—he uh, uses the story of Saint Boniface, who essentially moved to. Um, a Germanic country, mm-hmm. and they worshipped uh, a lot of you know medieval type um, mythological gods. And in in the town, in this the the square of their town, they had a a tree that was very old, and it was dedicated to Thor. And it was thought that this tree would um, that you could worship the god, the thunder god Thor, from this tree. And uh, as he was spreading the gospel through these countries. Um, he was told of this tree, and so he uh, told everybody in the town that uh, at, because he represents the Lord, he's going to go chop this tree down. They said that there's no way because anybody that even touches it is killed, or you know, demons, you know, whatever. I don't know all this crazy stuff. And so he walked into the town with his axe. He took one swing at the tree, and then a stiff wind came, and they thought it was going to be a storm or a thunder, and it blew the tree directly over. And that was it. Amen. 
And so isn't, the people, that's one of the origins for the Christmas tree, isn't it? I believe it is. I believe it yeah, is. It is one of the origins for the Christmas tree. So it, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the story goes that the, the people that saw that uh, ended up worshiping Jesus, knowing that he is the God of gods. Mm-hmm. And um, so the, the idea behind this book is that uh, we have many of those trees in our lives and we as Christians are called to chop them down, whether it's transsexual, child gender mutilation, uh, homosexuality, uh, you know, LGBTQ pride stuff, drag queen story hours. Those are all uh, trees that we need to boniface. We need to take the boniface option and uh, chop them down. So we will have Andrew Isker joining us. Next Wednesday at nine. I'm very excited to have him to talk about it. He again, and he's written a couple other books too. So we'll talk about those things. Um, so tune in next week. And in the meantime, we appreciate you guys being here and joining us for the show for episode 45, which is pretty amazing. Right. And uh, I just want to tell you that uh, Jesus is real. Jesus has been promised from thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago as God had chosen a people for himself, promising to send a Messiah that would come and uh, wipe away sin. And, uh, you know, they would, God had commanded the people that if you wanted your sin to be um, put away from you, uh, if you wanted to be reconciled to God, your sin needed to be destroyed. Uh, it needed there needed to be blood shed for that, and they would sacrifice goats and and lambs, um, and uh, but all the meantime, the Lord had promised that one day that there will be an end to that, that there would be a savior that would take away the sin of the world, and uh, the fact of the matter is is that we have all sinned, we all fall short of God's glory, we have all uh, rebelled against Him in one way or the other, whether it is stealing something, telling a lie, having hatred in your heart, uh, lusting after someone, all of those actions are uh, are deserving of death because the Bible tells us that the wages of our sin, the payment that is required of it is death. But it doesn't stop there because if it did, we would be hopeless. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And then the Bible tells us that while we were yet sinners, while we were sinning, while we were in the midst of our sinning, that Jesus Christ died for us. And so you may say, well, what must I do to be saved? Well, the Bible doesn't, again, leave us hanging. It tells us that if you confess with your mouth Christ Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And that is one of many promises in Scripture that say that when you call upon the name of the Lord, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is the promise that we have in God. And uh, it doesn't take an altar call. Brothers and sisters, you can call upon the name of the Lord Jesus at any time, anywhere, in any circumstance, and the Lord will hear your cry. And so we are called to repent, which means to turn away from our sin. So call upon the name of the Lord, repent and believe in Jesus today. Follow him for the rest of your life. He is our refuge. He is our solace, our fortress, our strong tower, our strength, our shield, our sword, everything magnificent about anything that you can think of. That is who God is for us. uh, And it can be that way for you too. So repent and trust in Jesus. And that is uh, that is it. That's the gospel. I love it. All right, guys. Y'all have I'm getting better at it because I have to 
preach it at uh, at the mills, man. I have to get better at it. I'm snapping. I love it. Yeah, man. I need to get connected with Appalachian, Georgia. I need to quit. Yeah, dude. I need to quit the excuse that I don't have time and that I'm. Uh, don't get me wrong. I I have every night filled. <laughs> I, I'm pretty booked. But uh, if the Lord wants you to do it, He'll make time. Don't that's right. Don't stress yourself over it, dude. Because yeah. every everybody has a different calling. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Well, love you, Logan. Love you guys watching. Appreciate you guys. We'll see you uh, next week with Andrew Isker on episode 46 of The Doctrines nice. of Rad. Moving on up. We're almost at 50. I know. We're almost there. Good night. Good night, everyone. <laughs>